Okay, so welcome back or uh, welcome to, if it's your first time, the Branded Podcast. And this week we have Tyler, head of, or brand content lead at um, Charity Water. Now, this episode is really special, I think. Yeah, I think that's the right word. Um, because it, it's by far the most... Um, impactful brand that I've had on the show thus far and I think we can all relate to the experience of interacting with charities and some of them seem incredibly altruistic but paradoxically distasteful at the same time and it's hard to get a real sense of trust or authenticity but Charity Water really blows that idea out of the water. Uh, no pun intended. And I'm really excited to share this episode. So Tyler and I go deep into what it means to build an authentic and true story around a brand. Whether that's a charity or just any old regular product or brand. And now I know the word authenticity is really um, trendy and it's a real buzzword these days, but we, I, I, I touch upon that um, during the episode and I try and get Tyler to dig deeper into what that means and he does a great job. So um, look forward to that. Now, along the same lines as the um, previous episode, I wanted to start this episode with a some type of introduction, some type of primer. And what it is this time is it's a clip from Charity Waters' YouTube um, channel. And it just goes into explaining a little bit more about what actually happens with a donation or um, funds raised by the organization. So enjoy. Bringing clean water to a community in Ethiopia changes life for men, women, and children. When you're not walking and waiting for water, you've got time to do all kinds of things. For instance, 30-year-old Harifa Kiros makes and sells the lids that go on top of injera stoves. She used to make two in a day, but now that she has access to clean water, she has enough time to make four. Bam! Just doubled her income. Tatalu Teferi learned how to make gorgeous hand-woven baskets from her parents growing up but hardly had time to work on them before. Now it's a hobby that's part of every afternoon. A hobby, you guys, I love that. Nine-year-olds like Masho and Hadisi can help their families collect water with ease now, which means so much more time for school. These two right here, a future doctor and a teacher. Hairstylist Tatalu has enough time for five appointments every day. Not only is she earning income for her family, She's making women throughout her entire community look and feel more beautiful than ever before. Tigsti Abreja has five children, plus cows, sheep, chickens, and a donkey. It's a huge family, and now she has time to take better care of each and every one of them. Tastier meals, cleaner clothes, more frequent baths, mother of the year. There are 140 families in Mayomari village, and so many of them have stories like this. Even though they've only had access to clean water for two months, they've already seen new opportunities, more income, and significantly better health. The people we talked to raved about all kinds of things, from the water being closer to home or easier to collect, to stomach problems going away, food tasting better, and kids getting more baths. But the best part comes from knowing that for 700 people, drinking water from this contaminated, frog-filled water source is a thing of the past. Impressive greeting. When we arrived in Mayomari, everybody came to greet us. They were singing and dancing. I asked our translator what they were singing, and he said, We had a dream, and now that dream has come true. I know that you know that your fundraising makes a significant impact, but I hope that you also know that it is at such an individual level. Access to clean water for any single person means a new life. And on behalf of all 700 people in Mayomari, I just want to say thank you for that. 
Okay, so now you know a little bit more about Charity Water, and I'm really excited to introduce to you my conversation with Tyler from Charity Water and myself. So, enjoy. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Hello. I'm great. How are you? Good. I'm really good. So, first, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, it's really exciting for me because I've had a few, maybe seven or eight recorded guests already and a bunch more upcoming. And I don't know if I can honestly say to myself that there's any of the guests that, you know, the work that they're doing is so fundamentally good, uh, Mm. for the world. Um, so as a background for the show, really what it seeks to explore and the question that I'm trying to answer for myself and the audience and many others or whoever is interested is, you know, what is an iconic brand in the 21st century? Um, because easy I think... Question. Pardon me? Pardon me? I, I said, oh, it's just such an easy question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um you know, and because, you know, the, the world is clearly changing and cultural values are clearly changing. And I think the way brands are built um, is changing alongside that. So welcome. Yeah. Thank you. So Thank much you. Again. No, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, absolutely. So my first question to you is about you, not necessarily about Charity Water, but um, tell me about yourself. How did you come to expressing the Charity Water story uh, on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> My story is not uh, a conventional one. Uh, I really got pretty lucky. I worked in advertising for nine years, originally in Nebraska, where I'm from, and then in uh, Portland, Oregon for, for another four years. Uh, I really, I, I, my role in advertising was pretty similar. I was telling stories on behalf of brands and trying to inspire purchases instead of donations. Uh, but I had created a silly video as a side project with a friend of mine called Neighbor Barbecue that was just like trying to get people excited to have barbecues with their friends. Uh, and our creative director at Charity Water saw it and sent me an email out of the blue, and she said, you don't know who I am, but I, I've been following along with some of your stuff online. I was wondering if you want to move to New York and work at Charity Water. Uh, I I knew of Charity Water loosely, but I didn't. I had never been involved. I didn't follow them that closely. Uh, but I flew to New York and I met with the team. I met with Scott uh, and got to learn more about, you know, the, the mission of the organization, for anybody who doesn't know, is to bring clean water to every single person on the planet. But the vision of the organization, which is what really sold me, especially when it came from Scott, our founder, is to reinvent charity, to create this generous generation uh, just empower a younger generation to, to make generosity a part of their life, uh, which felt like in some ways an even bigger challenge um, and something I wanted to be a part of. So I sold, I sold my stuff and moved to New York City. Hmm. Now, the distinction between, well, a few, th- a few things there. So first, advertising versus brand building. Do you see a, a big difference there? I mean, advertising is something that's now for you know for lack of a better phrase maybe in structural decline you know traditional yeah. advertising and how do you see the difference between advertising and brand building first and then second um you know when i'm helping to you know different clients to build a uh, brand i often think about mission mission and vision but it's often hard for me to articulate the difference between the two so i was wondering mm. if you could maybe um how do you think about the difference between mission and vision yeah. Okay. Let's start with the first one. Uh, I guess for it, it, having been on both sides, I think there's there's something that somebody's missing on both ends. Uh, in the advertising world, I think you're creating stories, but you're, it's almost like you're trying to create a sexy story mm-hmm. that's 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 hoping to win somebody over. Um, that can be really compelling. I think advertising is really good at at giving you uh, an action to take. It's like really intentional and powerful storytelling. Um, on the nonprofit side, it's it's harder it's harder to find. I think people don't have the resources to invest in storytelling very well. 
uh, and, and they don't know how to prove the value of it. And so you end up having, you have access to these really incredible, remarkable, powerful human stories, but you, you don't know how to sell it well. Um, and then you miss out, you know, on, on sharing that story with a larger audience. Uh, the mission and vision, I think the mission is really just what we're set out to do and how uh, the thing that anybody who joins, um, who supports Charity Water is working towards with us. It is, it's the purpose behind the work that we're doing uh, in, in every single way. The vision is just how we see the world, how, how I guess the world that needs to exist for us to get there. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, all right. So, Charity Water, um, you know, when I look at the website, when I look at, uh, well, I've, interestingly, I've listened to a lot of talks that um, Scott Harrison has done. And yeah. it's pretty clear that there's such a, you know, a great brand has a distinct personality, right? And I, it's obvious that Charity Water, especially for a, a charity, has such a, like, maybe for lack of a better word, but cool, you know, cool and sexy brand, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's one thing to just have that on the surface, but it's another thing to have it manifest in everything that you do, in actually going towards the vision, going towards the mission and the purpose, right? Um, yep. So I'm curious as to how, what was this process of creating the personality um, as it grows out of say Scott per se and then how do you how do you how do you think about that on a day-to-day -day basis yeah yeah I uh, I mean really it was before my time but I would say I, I truly believe the part that came out of Scott uh, that really resonated and has continued to be strong in the organization is a set of values mm -hmm. so so the entire organization buys into and we certainly hire people who fit these six values, their integrity, respect, excellence, got to make sure I'm not forgetting anything, innovation, passion, and generosity. So everybody that we hire automatically has this, you know, the, this set of traits. It's who we are. Uh, and I think our personality as a brand is a reflection of those things. It's who, who we are. It's who our audience is. It's human and it's honest and it's simple enough for a kid to understand. Uh, I think for me, uh, you know, just in like writing for the brand, mm. I always, uh, if I'm writing an email, for example, I always start off, I address it to my sister just to put my mind in that, like, you're, you're just talking to someone you love and trying to make this simple and understandable. Wow. I, th I think we stay true to our personality because of those values. It's so, it's so rooted in who we are. That's, that's so interesting. The, the sister example, cause you, you know, you it's a kind of a you know unconditional love, a kindness, and also a nonchalantness in talking to somebody. Are there any other things like that that you find yourself or any of your team members do to properly, maybe not properly, but in order to um, express the brand personality in authentic in an authentic way? Uh, I mean, I think there's we do a really good job of of keeping each other in check. And it's almost like a, how do we simplify this? This is three sentences. How do we make it one? Or, you know, or, or uh, how would you, would this be the same if you were reading it to a, a fifth grader? Um, yeah, it's, it's really, I think it's easy to overthink something and try to complicate it and, you know, intro this idea with a whole paragraph about like, why you're here, why I'm saying these things to you. And sometimes it's just too complicated. Right. And so is that something that you've maybe learned along the way, helping to build the Charity Water um, brand? And how, and kind of parenthetically, how do you think the brand has evolved since maybe its inception, which I guess you weren't there for, but also in your time? And like, how do you scale um, such an amazing and important um, product, so to speak? I think, yeah, I think you would call it product um, with, you know, incongruence with brand. Like, how does it evolve? How does it grow and stay true to the principles, stay true to the values? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I think we've we have certainly learned a lot from our experiences over the past 11 years. 
Um, there have been moments where things go wrong. We've done, you know, like a live drill where we're, we're drilling for clean water in a community in Central African Republic, and we don't hit water. Uh, and, you, and in that moment, you feel like we've made a huge mistake. We shouldn't be live broadcasting like paralysis. Right. But the reality is our audience embrace that failure. That's, you know, it's, it's true. It, it doesn't always work. We're going to find a way. And it took a little bit longer. But when we, when we did bring clean water to that same community, we'd all gone on this journey together. Uh, I think we've also learned that projects, water projects break over time. Um, and so we've had to find ways to challenge how we think about sustainability. And it's, it's a really complicated question, I think, in the water sector is what happens when a well breaks. Because a lot of times we're talking about rural communities where a water source can be very far away and hard to check in on. Um, we have we just uh, a couple years ago, Google gave a $5 million grant for us to pursue this remote sensor technology. Uh, it's like a it's like a little hard box that lives in the well and monitors the amount of water that's flowing. So we know if something goes wrong or changes and we can dispatch a mechanic to go check it out. So there, there are these little moments along the way that we're growing and maturing from. Uh, I think the brand has matured in that way. There's a greater sense of responsibility, uh, an opportunity to demonstrate thought leadership, or, you know, we just have a, a stronger, more present voice. Uh, I don't necessarily think it changes the way that we talk. Uh, it just changes what we talk about. Hmm. And so from these lessons that you've learned, um, I think you kind of alluded to this before with simplicity, but, you know, if you thought about it like uh, the brand uh, or charity water being like the, the, um, your kitchen, right? The brand being your kitchen and, mm. uh, the different, you know, stories that you tell, the different campaigns that you put out as say, you know, the dishes that you cook and the things mm. that you're doing as ingredients, have you learned any other recipes, so to speak, in telling the brand story? Oh, uh, this is a complex analogy. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Maybe no, too complex. I, the um, I don't. I I mean, some of the things that I've learned are the that integrity matters, right? People respect the truth uh, and, and knowing that you're doing it for the right reasons. I think that's something that can be hard to find in advertising. Um, not being afraid to fail, uh, certainly embracing new technology. Again, I think the simplicity thing works in the same world where you can't overthink your like tip, like dipping a toe into the waters of Snapchat. You know, you've got to go get messy and maybe fail and learn from the experiences. Um, and then, and then just making it as real as possible. I think for me early on, you know, I, I'm very fortunate part of my job is traveling around the world to visit the communities that we serve uh, and tell stories about the impact of clean water. I get to come back and share those stories in different ways, uh, certainly videos and photos and, and written pieces. But even like the anecdotal stuff, the conversations that I have about those experiences uh, have taught me have taught me a lot. Okay, so th there's there's two things that I want to dig into. Um, the first is story. So I have a quote in front of me that says, the most powerful person in the world is the storyteller, which mm. I, I, think is, I think is probably true. Um, so how have you found the most effective way to tell the Charity Water uh, story? And maybe what does storytelling kind of mean to you? And it's, I find it very interesting because I wouldn't have thought of telling the story to the actual um, people in need on the ground, right? Like it, that doesn't, that didn't really cross my mind. I always thought of it as the consumer or the, the, um, the person who's interacting with charity water, uh, in a, at a donation level as you telling the story yeah. to them. So I'm interested in how you think about story and storytelling and the different people listening in the audience. Yeah. Yeah, it is. You're right. It's like a huge, it is a huge, uh, circle and, and the story that we're telling on, on every side matters, even, you know, one of the things that makes our work unique, we're, we're really almost just a fundraising organization. We grant the money that we raise, 100% of public donations, go to our incredible local partners around the world. So they're absolute experts and so incredibly 
devoted and hardworking and just trying to bring clean water to their people. Um, but because of that, you know, the way that we interact with them and the way that we treat that partnership, the stories that we tell about them and, and then the way that we convey the work we're doing here, all of that, all of that matters. Um, I think the most powerful thing in the stories that we tell is a sense of relatability. Um, you, can, you can tell a story about the need uh, and show that somebody's you know, walking four hours every day to a, a water source and carrying 40 pounds of water back with them and that the water is dirty and that it makes their family sick and all of that just feels like factual information. But when you find out that that person you know, has a, has like a new business idea that they can't get off the ground because they're, you know, struggling with some debt and it, like the, the parts that we identify with mm. are what are, what make it so significant. We actually did a, um, a campaign this past world water day called someone like you. Mm. Uh, we went to a community in Ethiopia and interviewed everybody over the age of four. It's 407 people. Um, and then we created like a three-question quiz online. Uh, you can check it out. It's charitywater.org slash someone like you. Uh, where, you can, where you go and you, you, you just choose a couple uh, pieces of information. It's your age. It's how you like to spend your time and the thing that you value most. And it pairs you with the person most like you in this community in Ethiopia and it's not, you know, it's not based on a demographic. It's based on the things that we have in common. Uh, and it's one of my favorite things that we've done. Well, how did you, how did you, how did you come up with that? Like, I know that sounds like such a kind of trite question, but I, I mean, like in the, like the confluence of brand as well as you as a person, as well as the people that you're meeting, was it just kind of a serendipitous thing that? came up as an idea or how did, like how did, what was the process of getting to something as, um, you know, as aha as that, like, you know, you say that and I just think to myself like, wow, that makes so much sense. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, truly the idea came out of, uh, it was, it was originally for our gala. So we, we knew we were going to have 400 people at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh, and we wanted to give them all a different story. So we found a community that was that would be at least 400 people and set out to interview all of them. Um, but while we were there, it was it was really it was truly like the human interactions. I had a, uh, an older gentleman that I met actually he was there the very first day. We had like a little welcome ceremony and he came, you know, as part of this massive group of people to to welcome us. But he's he's I think he's 70 nine. He's got like this crazy wiry gray beard. He's just like a really handsome, charming old man. He winked at me. Uh, and I remember just thinking like, I, I need to talk to this guy at some point. And he's too old to work. So he's really just like a social butterfly getting around the village. Uh, and he was around us all the time. Eventually he invited us over for coffee. So we go to his house and sit with, uh, with him and we get asked questions about you know, his life in this community has lived here his whole life and how dirty water has impacted him and his children and his grandchildren. So we had this really powerful experience. But the next day I was by myself without a translator and I ran into him again and he motioned uh, that he wanted me to come over for coffee. Mm. And I, I have no way of communicating with this man, uh, but, I, but I really like him and I'm not going to pass up coffee in somebody's home. Um, and so I went to his house again by myself and we sat for 45 minutes. I had three cups of coffee. We had lunch together. It was me and his wife and his son. And we couldn't, we couldn't communicate. It was really just like exchanging laughs and he would say something, I would say something and nobody knew what anybody was saying. Uh, but I got to see the way he treated his wife and the way he treated me as a guest and in that moment, I felt I, I saw so much of my late grandfather. Uh, and at the end of the day, that was the thing that I shared with the team. It was like this guy, you know, it's his eyes and the way that he behaves um, reminds me so much of somebody I know. And everybody had a story like that. And I, that was the aha moment for us. It was it happened there in the field. And, and we as a group were like, we have to find a way to make it this personal for everybody. Wow. Okay, that's well, that's incredible. Um, so, 
Wow. So, how? I mean, how? When you come back, this is a little bit selfish. But when you come back to U.S., when you come back to New York, how? And you see, because Charity Water is a brand, right? You're telling a story and everything, and and there yeah. are other brands doing the exact same thing, and. I see a large, like you tell me that story and I think to myself, wow, that's, that's so incredible. And it, the product that, you know, is on the back of the story that you're telling is, is in congruence with that um, connection that you're trying to tell the story of or sell. Now, if you juxtapose that with maybe a, a brand in New York trying to sell shoes or something like that, mm. um, and telling a similar story of connection, or trying to tell a similar story of connection, how do you, like how does that go through in your mind? Like how, how do you how do you feel about that? Yeah, I, yeah, that's you. It's a good point. I think it's it. I think people in advertising still try to do it right, but but just by the nature of our work, we're connected to like these incredible, like powerful human stories, and the impact is is so significant. Um, I think we just, we have a total advantage. And, and I, th I think there are places in advertising where, you know, you're selling a car and the commercial is about a puppy uh, that feel uh, like they have the wrong intentions. But I, I think the opportunity still exists to do it for the right reasons. Um, and when you do that, it, it, it still resonates. Right. Now, I think probably part of that is... Um authenticity right and it's a huge buzzword you know and a, a lot of the people who I've spoken to um, previously on the podcast have spoken about authenticity and as it's something fundamental now you know it is a buzzword but it's also crucial um, because I think people are really yearning for it especially now um, so I'm curious as to how do you think about authenticity not just with charity water but through the lens of you, Tyler, looking at like all that you've experienced and you've seen things that are very, very authentic, right? Obviously in the field. And how do you, what's the lens that you look at brands and stories that are being told, um, filtering for authenticity? What are you, what are you seeing and how do you kind of evaluate them? Hmm. Oh man. I, authenticity to me is about honesty and good intentions. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's uh, it's automatically a product of the work that we're doing here. We have this 100% model that allows us to. We fundraise separately for our operations costs, so 100% of public donations go to clean water. Uh, that feels authentic. We have these incredible local partners who we who we partner with, who are doing this work. So it's not just like a white guy showing up to save the day. That feels authentic. And then we're telling these really powerful stories improving the donations that people make uh, with photos and GPS coordinates so that feels authentic. So it's really rooted in the work that we do that, you know, we can be completely transparent and, and there's a lot of authenticity there. Um, outside of work, mm, I mean, I, th I think it's a combination of being willing to share the bad as much as the good. Uh, Certainly, when I talk about my experiences in the field, there's a lot of self-deprecating jokes about diarrhea and like <laughs> cold showers and one-plied toilet paper, like the the hardships of what I'm going through. Uh, but I but I think that's part of the honesty. You know, you're not you're not just sugarcoating it. And you're not just selling the good part. And do you think that that is something that creates um, trust? Is that how you create trust in your mind? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you, you tear down so many walls when you're willing to be that vulnerable. Right. Both as a brand and as a person. Yeah, definitely. And, and for charities, it's, it's oh, so important. I think the stat is 42% of, of people in America alone don't trust charities. Right. So that's, that's a huge hurdle and a major, a major problem. I think the closer we can bring people to the impact uh, and the more layers we can remove so they, so they can trust the work that we're doing and believe in it, the, the better off we are. Now, do you think about charity, like obviously charity brand and regular quote unquote brands are different, but 
Yeah. Like, how do you see the difference between building a charity brand and versus building um, a regular brand, if you think they're different? Yeah, I, I mean, I do think they're different, uh, but it, but it's uh, I think it's a dangerous thought. I think you're doing yourself a disservice to think of yourself as a charity brand. It's a little bit, um, <laughs> it's a weird example. Uh, it's a little bit like the difference between five-hour energy and Red Bull. Like one lives only in the world of energy drinks. That's all it's known for. Mm -hmm. And the other is creating incredible experiences. It's dropping guys out of space. It's like lifestyle and music and adventure. You know, like one is one is truly a brand and the other one is the product. Right. So so just to clarify that um, that ex or an analogy, how, how do you like which is which is which? Sorry. And. How, why? Like, I, I'm not quite clear on that. Okay. So, well, I think five hour energy is just a very straightforward energy drink. They sell themselves as energy. Uh, Red Bull is, is cultivating experiences and providing beyond the product that they're trying to sell. They're providing concerts and, uh, you know, sponsoring these extreme athletes uh, and doing these soapbox derbies and crazy events where you jump, you know, a homemade thing off of a off of a ramp into a lake, and it's just about. I know that they have a ton of money to throw at it, but it's just about providing value to their audience. And there's there's so much capital in their brand because because people identify with it, you know. Yeah, no, I, I totally. That I understand, but the the distinction between charity brand and a and a, and a regular mm -hmm. brand, like, is was that the analogy that you were trying to make, or? Yeah, sorry. So I think I think charity brand is uh -huh. is limiting is limiting yourself to a world of of charity. Ah, I You're see. Not, okay, right. Because we're not. I, I wouldn't say. I mean, in our business, we're not really competing. I guess, uh, but I wouldn't say that that we're competing with other charities or other water organizations. I would say we are competing with Apple or the New York Times, you know, in terms of story storytelling or brand. Right, 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 right. Okay, now I understand what you're saying. So, okay, yeah. so do, do you think that in that case that charity brands have something to learn from regular brands, quote-unquote, and regular brands, quote-unquote, have something to learn from charity brands? Like if they could swap... If they could swap notes, what you know? What do you think they would say to each other? Ooh, I like that question. Yeah, I, charity brands definitely have something to learn from other brands, and I think it's the way, the purpose uh, behind the stories you tell and giving somebody an action to take. I think, gosh, charity brands oftentimes have these incredible human stories, yeah. and then don't don't know how to let you take it to the next step. You know to take some sort of action or to make an impact based on that story there, or there's no way to close that loop. Advertising is very specific. It's like, here's, here's the action we want you to take. Here's where you take it. Um, yeah, I think it's one, one tells beautiful stories, uh, in the charity world. You have these, these incredible stories. The other one is, um, is maybe making, creating their own stories, uh, which can be powerful, but, but they are providing an experience that's going to be valuable to an audience uh, and certainly getting people to take action. So storytelling is something that's been so deeply rooted in our evolutionary history as a, as a species, right? Mm. Um, now, you know, myself as well, as well as many others look to the future and, you know, I think a lot of us ask ourselves, okay, what are we, what's going to change and how do we adapt to what's going to change? But, I'm interested in that, but I think perhaps something that's even more interesting is what isn't going to change. So my question for you is, what do you think with regards to brand building uh, will not change? Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so I, hmm, I think there are, there are, I guess this isn't even maybe like a, the way everybody does it, but uh, creating value for your audience. I don't think that's that's ever going to change. Your brand has to be a reflection of your audience. Uh, uh, my head goes to the things that will change. <laughs> um, I think you will be, you'll still continue to 
to cultivate these experiences. Uh, I think it will still be human, maybe even more human and hyper, just hyper connected. Uh, yeah. What stays the same? It's a great question. What do you, what do you got? Yeah. I, I think it's emotional as well. I think it gets more, I think the emotional connection gets even deeper. Um, especially cause I think technology is something that's been changing so rapidly. Um, yeah. but if you look deeper, if you look under the technology, it's a more efficient or a more global or a more scalable way to do things that are so deeply fundamental in human emotion and human mm. uh, narrative. Like Facebook, for example, I, I watch this guy um, who's actually supposed to be on the podcast um, named Scott Galloway, um, and he speaks about how Facebook is love, right? Like, mm. And it's connection with people that you may not be able to connect with because they're right beside you and you could make the argument that right now facebook or other social platforms are making people even more lonely <laughs> right yeah but i think i think fundamentally the the idea is how do we connect more people in a in a more meaningful way and i think that stays the same always yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm with you but this is about you so uh um <laughs> uh away they got really cool, um, really cool travel, carry-on travel guides, yeah. right? Yep, and yep. they're a cool brand. Soma is a really cool brand. Tom's is a pretty cool brand, just to name a few, right? So, and yep. the, the connection here is that Charity Water has done collaboration with all of these brands. So I'm curious about how do you, th what, like, what's the brand thinking behind this? What's the brand thinking behind these collaborations? And how do you think about different, brands to collaborate with is there a checklist that you go through perhaps this, the ones that are congruent with your values i'm not really sure yeah yeah absolutely i mean it's in some ways it's like like hiring an employee right mm -hmm. it's uh i think it's it's special that we think about our partners as true partners it's it should it should benefit both of us it should serve both sides and i think both audiences should also be excited about it so certainly connecting with like-minded brands is a crucial part of that. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not just about creating awareness. It's about um, this really thoughtful experience or product or opportunity that's, that will resonate on, on for both audiences. And so obviously that pairs into, like these collaborations pair into the strategy that you've come up with as a team. You know, for yeah. the year or for the multiple years, and that strategy is obviously in congruence with the purpose, the why, the mission. Um, so I'm curious about how do you think about developing a strategy and a story that's congruent with purpose and mission? Is that by design? What does that process look like? How does it? How you know? How is it evolved? And how do you, how do you think about that? Hmm. Uh, you're saying outside of partnerships, just just yeah, in general. Yeah, just your, how, do, how do you think about strategy? Like, what do you do relative to the purpose and the, the mission? How did you come up with both gotcha. and how do you think about both? Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, so it feels pretty black and white on the, on the mission part. You know, to bring clean water to every person on the planet, we, we know how to do it. It's going to take a ton of people and a ton of money. So our strategy is really rooted in trying to find the most effective ways to do that. Uh, that's certainly evolved as we've grown and, and learned. Um, I think we have we have a set of pretty cool products uh, that we've tried to create, uh, to give almost different audiences ways to participate or support Charity Water. Um, the, probably the newest one and the one I'm the most excited about is our monthly giving community. Monthly giving is relatively new to us. Um, we, I think we've had it for a while as like a checkbox that you can click when you donate, make this a monthly donation. But about a year ago, we started thinking, how do we, how do we treat this differently? Uh, and I think for us, we know that there will be a day 
in our lifetime when we can say that every person on the planet has access to clean water. And the monthly giving community is the group of people who get to raise their hand on that day and say, I've been a part of that since 2016. Um, wow. you, have this, you have this suite of products that you subscribe to now, uh, Netflix and Spotify and Birchbox and Blue Apron. And we thought, how do we, how do we treat this like generosity action, this investment in solving the water crisis as a subscription. And that's exactly what we've done. Um, so that's the idea. You're investing in a better world. You're investing in a world where everybody has clean water. Um, and you're just, you're, it's like you're putting your thumbprint on a piece of paper to say, I'm going to be a part of this one day. Hmm. Okay. So the last uh, guest that I had, you know, uh, who's, I think, not out yet, but coming out soon. So um, she was talking about how brands are evolving into not just these idealistic psychological associations like, you know, Dove will help your family be closer together or whatever. Um, but they're actually, the products are actually becoming useful and having a utility in people's lives. And I think this is probably a perfect example of how your mission and your brand purpose are in, um, uh, in, in congruence or in connection with the, the products and the business, uh, uh, model that you're employing. So I'm just so curious about how how did you guys come up with this? Um, and like, what was the thinking behind, well, you kind of alluded to that, like we have all these subscriptions in our life. So, um, but for example, like I subscribe to Medium, like the a founding member or, yeah. or, uh, or whatever. Um, and I, I don't really see too much value in it yet. But regardless, I get something, right? Like I, I get exclusive stories, right? That I don't read, yep. but that's that's another <laughs> conversation. Um, so, what does the person get with um, with uh, 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 doing a charity water subscription? Which sounds a little bit selfish, but it, you know, I think it's a valid question. Yeah, I think it's a question everybody asks. Um, it's it. It is so important to us that it feels valuable. And, and once a month, you're going to get hit uh, on your credit card or debit card uh, with a notification that, you know, $30 just went out of your account. Um, we send uh, what we call a good news email. So the same day that your account gets hit with your donation, you also get uh, an email from us with a new bit of information or story or anecdote um, from a recent trip to the field to make it, to make it real and remind you, uh, what you're giving every single month. That to me feels pretty, uh, entry level. I think, I think we want to make that better. And, and we're right now trying to pilot a new program, um, that would be exclusive content, almost like a, like a series, uh, once a month, from a new country that that introduces you almost kind of in a behind the scenes way uh, to the work that we're doing and the people who do the work and what it, what the impact looks like. Uh, it would be like a hosted, almost like an Anthony Bourdain type show for for clean water. Wow, wow, that's really cool. Um, it could be it could be awesome. Yeah, I think it sounds like it's going to be awesome. Um, oh man! Now, how does uh, how does brand like inform the other products that you that you have you know i think often you know you, we've touched on this a lot but often you give to charities and it's like well i don't really know but i think there's an element of transparency i think there's an element of storytelling of course uh in the yeah. products that you guys have and how, how do you think about that and how does brand inform that yeah i i think for us we're we're very good at um at sharing the story so we know, you know, Scott's, Scott's story is sort of the beginning, the place where it all started for us. And he made this radical change from being a nightclub promoter uh, and having this wild lifestyle um, to learning about the need for clean water and totally turning his life around and starting this organization. That's really powerful. Uh, but when you can take his story and replicate it and somebody is inspired by his story and then they make it their story. Uh, that's the key. And I think all of our products 
are finding different ways to make clean water someone else's story. And we have a, a couple. One of them is our fundraising platform. So, you know, we, we've seen people bike across the country to raise money or swim naked across San Francisco Bay if, the, if they can raise $30,000. And uh, little kids are hosting lemonade stands or selling paintings. You have all these creative minds who are working to raise money in whatever way makes the most sense for them. Uh, and what we found is the people who are donating to their campaigns are supporting them more than they're supporting clean water, right? They, they want to help this little kid or this person they know. Uh, I think there's an opportunity there to start to create a relationship where we talk about the value of clean water. Um, but the reality is by, by letting our story become everyone else's story, uh, it's, it's almost like we have all these brand ambassadors. Hmm. Now, you also have the birthday product, right? Yeah. So, what, what, Sorry, go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say that's, that's really where the fundraising platform began as a way for, you know, everybody has a birthday, uh, and it's such a simple ask. You reach a certain age where you don't even necessarily want to celebrate uh, or acknowledge your birthday. So if you can, if you can uh, email your friends and family and ask for your age in dollars, uh, it's, it's, it's just a really powerful way to celebrate your birthday and, and uh, do something really meaningful. That is really powerful. And it's also, it connects to the idea of making the brand story your story, right? Yeah, absolutely. What do you think other brands can learn from that? Ooh. Yeah, I think, well, it's just tempting in general to make it about yourself, to think like, who are we? What's, uh, what is the value of this product for us? And how does this thing turn into money for us? When the reality is it's, it's not about your product. It's about the impact of your product. Your story shouldn't be about your product. It should be about the impact of your product. And for us, the impact of our product is so remarkable. Uh, that certainly makes it easier. But I think, I think any brand could use that as a takeaway. The, the people who are impacted by your product are, are the things that you should be celebrating. Is branding important? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's your identity. Um, uh, you know, it's not just the way that we look and sound, but it's the way that we treat people and ultimately the company that we keep. I think your brand is just as important as your product when it comes to your customer, right? It attracts a certain type of person. And, um, what, where do you think that not just Charity Water, but all brands that you see and interact with, or maybe people that you know who are working with other brands, where do you think um, brand building is overvalued? And where do you think both consumers and, well, not necessarily consumers, but where do you think brand builders, people helping to build brands are overvaluing the, the role of brand? And as an aside to that, where do you think that those same people are undervaluing the power of brand and brand building? Mm -hmm. I think the overvalue is is probably in is like resting on your laurels and assuming you know people know our brand we just like slap a logo on it and and now we support a charity. Uh, the undervalued is is closer to the partnership side, like the the work that we're doing with our partners, the products that we're creating. It just it's so much more thoughtful and intentional, um, and it takes work. You're you're. You know, you're, I'm trying to think of a good example. So we partnered with Emergency um, this past year, and the, they ended up hosting a uh, kind of a contest, but they let people uh, unlock a, do a donation for clean water by participating on social media and posting a picture of themselves holding 40 pounds of anything. Uh, 40 pounds is, is the weight of a jerry can that most people in developing countries are, are carrying uh, every single day. So it was, it was a way for them to engage their audience, but it was also, you know, this education and interactive point. Um, it was really rooted in them wanting to help us uh, and also us getting to, like, to actually participate with their audience, right? Um I think it, it's just, it's more powerful when it's that thoughtful and intentional. 
Now, what do you think, like, what, maybe there's nothing that's been the easiest, I'm not sure, but uh, what, what's been the hardest and what's been the easiest part about helping to build a charity water brand? Mm. I think it is hard to create a culture where everybody gets it, where everybody contributes to it, um, or where everyone has <clears throat> respect or admiration for the brand. We are really lucky to have had such a strong vision uh, early on. And I think our staff, you know, there's a whole bunch of ways that we try to create this like culture of storytelling um, or, or showcase the things that are important to the brand so, so everyone gets it. But it, I think it's really tricky to do. Um, and your brand becomes so much stronger when, when you get it right. We do, uh, in addition to our values, we have a set of isms. Uh, I think it's like 10 or 12 isms that range from no typos, no profanity, to no white lies. We don't pirate software. Uh, and I think by establishing even little things like that, uh, everybody starts to be a, a representative of the brand. Uh, it, becomes, it becomes part of who we are, and, and we're all similar in this way. Uh, that's what makes it stronger. And the easiest thing? Ooh. For us, you know, our tone, uh, our tone of voice is so human and authentic that, it, that I think if you hire people who fit your values, it's really easy to speak in that way. Right. Um, yeah, I think it, the easiest part is, is, yeah, ironically, is representing the brand if you hire the right people. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. Now, um, there's a question I always ask that's really kind of funny uh, because it's a question from a really good friend of mine who is a, a banker. And mm. I, I, I talked to him about branding and brand building, and he's like, he asked me one thing always. He's like, can you quantify <laughs> branding? And that's my question for you. Can you quantify branding? Do you try to? Do you think it, that's a real thing? Because branding is inherently an intangible uh, thing. Yeah. It is hard. I, we, we don't, you know, we don't have a place where we're like trying to track it. Uh, we certainly have a finance team who's saying, what's the value of this? Especially when you're, when you have a, you know, a campaign and you say, we just want to educate people, not necessarily out for donations. We're just trying to, you know, provide this value. Right. Uh, they're like, Whoa, what's in it? What's in it for us? Right. Uh, I think the proof is often very anecdotal. We'll get, you know, just surprise donations uh, or, or write-ups or news stories or blog posts or social interactions that are incredibly encouraging or moving. Um, we do a really good job as an organization of celebrating uh, those moments. So every, every Monday morning we come together and start off the week and we share uh, a story about a new supporter and a story about a major donor and it's, it's not just like, hey, we got a check for $10,000. It's um, this person, you know, had lost a loved one and the family decided to honor that person by doing, you know, so it's like the story uh, and the purpose behind the gift. And I feel like those, those are worth more than a spreadsheet full of numbers, you know? All right. Yeah. I, I'm totally, I'm totally with the non-quantifiable on this, on this <laughs> for sure. But at the same time, there, you know, you alluded to you have a finance department who's thinking heavily about business strategy. So, what yeah. are the trade-offs that um, you see being made between business strategy and brand strategy, and how do maybe they help each other, or where are they pulling at each other, or, or you know, like kind of tug of war, in mm. a sense? Yeah. Yeah, the payoff. I think the other hard part is the payoff of brand strategy isn't always as immediate. It's right. certainly not only hard to measure, but even when it's measurable, it, it can be you know like a long play. Um, I, I think being able to have uh, a strong understanding of the expectations and knowing you know that it may take a while uh, or that it may be uh, you know the the ROI might be loyalty or likes or shares and not uh, actual hard dollars. Um, and, and then being able to prove the ROI when you do have an, op an opportunity that's going to raise money. Uh, and, and maybe that's one of the places where charities in particular 
struggle is being prepared to track and prove the value of what they're doing. It's hard to justify doing, you know, another storytelling trip when you have no way to show what came out of the first one. Right. Huh. And now, is there, are there certain things that you've learned to um, identify or to provide, you know, uh, this type of thing for analysis um, with business strategy minded people? Like, are there certain things that you know, okay, I got to bring this up or that up? Um, to, to help move along the purpose of the brand that may not have the immediate um, tangible results? Um, yeah, you know, I think, so we're pretty fortunate. We have like an in-house engineering and product team. So we're, mm. we're tracking everything and we're constantly A-B testing. So you could come to our donate page and get, you know, a photo of a kid versus a photo of a family or a green button or a blue button uh, and trying to learn and improve that experience and also raise more money. So I think the balance, the trade-off is knowing, tracking that information and knowing where we can be the most uh, efficient in, in our fundraising and pursue those things. Uh, and maybe it's like 80% of our effort will go into these things that we know will equal this. And then the other 20% are going to be part of the brand and our expectations will be X, Y, Z. What brands inspire you? Ooh. Uh, you know, I think there, there are, there are a couple brands that I, I do, I think of them and I automatically feel feelings like uh, Apple for me is like a visceral, like, Oh, it just makes me happy. Mm. Um, Shinola for some reason, mm. it's like rugged and cool, like just automatically. Right. Um, but I think, I think the brands that inspire me are probably brands that care about me and my experience or brands that are doing it for the right reason. I think, uh, are you familiar with Simple? The banking the bank, online? Right, right, right. I, I, I was actually thinking to myself um, if they were still around the other day. Yeah, they are. They, they made some changes, but they are. Okay. Uh, but the, the way that they communicate with me and I, and I feel like the purpose behind the brand is so unique. Uh, and I legitimately get emails from them, and I'm excited about it. Um, wow. Mail, Mailchimp, I think, is a good one. Airbnb is a good one. And then, brand, I, especially for storytelling, I think brands that do it for the right reasons, like um, the New York Times or Vice. Mm. Hmm. So that would be the underlying thing. How would you, how would, if someone was to, like, say, dig into doing it for the right reasons, that would be. Yeah. You know, all the things that they do are aligned with their purpose. Is that too far of a stretch, or how would you? How do you think about um, doing it for the right reasons? Uh, aligned with purpose, or maybe doing hard things. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like the, that saying: the easy way is not always the right way, or whatever it is. Mm. Um, I feel like they're never doing it the easy way, and and uh, the content that they put out, I I admire. I, it like it scares me. It just feels like I, I love that someone is doing this. Right, right. Huh. Okay, so um, you alluded to briefly that you have an in-house team, um, that you know, in-house product uh, team. Now, mm -hmm. I, I'm not sure if you work with agencies or not, but I'm really curious about the agency model and how it evolves, and often. I know myself, as well as a bunch of others, you know, you have this final deliverable, whether it's strategy or design, um, and then it's like kind of what happens after that. So you being on the inside at a, you know, client side, as we would say, um, like how can, how can agencies improve? Like how can agencies or freelancers or whomever it may be, how can they improve upon just that final deliverable that just seems to go into thin air? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's glorious to be in house uh, because I feel so much more connected to the to the work and the and the reason behind the work and the audience uh, and the impact of the work. And I think I think really the the person hiring the agency owes owes that as much of that experience to the agency as possible, hmm. and the agency owes. Uh, more than a handoff in the end. 
I think it, it's a broken system if it's like, here's the package of goods that you paid for. Right. You know, you, you, you almost have to create understanding around the decisions that you made and the strategy and, and even the results. Like, this is, what, this, this is what we're celebrating. It's not metrics. It's not a million people viewed your video. We were successful. Uh, it's, it's the implications of the results. Um, I think in, in a perfect world, you would find ways to empower the people in the organization to participate or maintain some of that work in the, in the like handoff process. What do you mean by that? Like it shouldn't, it it shouldn't be, uh, agency does all the work and then hands it over and you just, you just watch the results. There should be some sort of agency does a bunch of preliminary work. Two of you work together to execute and then you work to maintain or follow or track. You know, you, you should be invested in the in the process and the execution. Wow, that's so wow, interesting. That's, like like a like a re, like a relay model. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ah, that's very Tra- interesting. Like a little period of training wheels, and then you're off and running. Ah, that's very good insight. Okay, so this is the last uh, regular question, and it's mm-hmm. a fun one. So, given the <laughs> chance to improve your knowledge of brand building for Charity Water and for yourself, mm-hmm. um, who would you share a spaceship with to understand how they approach? building brand you're going to mars you're going to live don't worry uh, but oh, it's going to be a long time it's going to be a long time in a closed space who, who do you who uh, you know it's funny the spaceship thing changes everything for me uh i i think seth godin is probably the person that i just respect and admire the most who i think i would just constantly be following around with the notepad uh i would gladly share a spaceship with him uh, other branding people that I admire, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is a good one. Mm-hmm. That could be an intense uh, space journey. Intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and Donald Miller is another good one. Who's Don, Don, Donald Miller? Donald Miller is a, is a storyteller um, uh, in uh, Portland, Oregon. He's written a couple books, but he um, he actually has like a storytelling product he helps it's almost like a consultancy he helps train uh, brands and organizations and how to tell their stories wow. but he's just he's like he's just like a master storyteller wow so, yeah. so okay so let's see the, those three so seth godin would be for what would you say oh marketing audience uh just like all all of the good in the world I feel like he's just like a beacon of a human. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely right. Do you subscribe to his daily email? Yes. Oh, my God. It's it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Every day. It's yeah. incredible. I don't know how he does it. All under 500 words. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Okay, so and then Gary Vaynerchuk, well, like maybe work ethic? I don't know. How how would you? What, yeah, the, like the, it's the hustle and... Uh, I feel like he just he understands the the value of rewarding an audience or putting your audience first, uh, and and he's just so on top of this like try and fail, learn from everything, embrace new technology. He's just like he's just gritty and he's out there and he's working so hard. Yeah, yeah I really like him too. And you alluded to that earlier, and I meant to kind of dig into it a bit more because you said brand is your audience yeah and so do you think Gary Vaynerchuk really embodies that and how do you how do you think about that at Charity Water especially oh a hundred percent I think everything he's doing is for someone else and it's 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 it sounds so easy but it's really hard it's you just automatically want to think about how it benefits you uh and not how it benefits your audience but he is always putting someone else first and would you say that's like a fundamental question that brands and people, business owners, really everybody should think about when they do something is this question of who is this for? Is that something you would agree with? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because it's you're, you're not going to be successful without a customer. Right. And how can you not make your world revolve around that customer? Right. Oof. Okay. So... Now this is probably probably my favorite part. 
uh, of the <laughs> interview, and it's the last part, and it's a rapid fire question um, mm. uh, section. So it's kind of stream of consciousness. I'm going to say a word, but in this case, a phrase. And I just want to know the first thing that comes to your mind. That's it. Okay. So when I say culture, you think? Mm. Home away from home. When I say branding, you think? Identity. Brands of the past are? Uh, Self-serving. Brands today are? Uh, invested in their audience. Brands in the future need to? Ooh. Do more than talk. Charity water is? Pa- passionate. Tyler? Who's amazing? Yeah. It was really good. My gosh, thank you so much for having me, Jordan. Yeah, thank you for taking the time. I really, I really appreciate it. We did it. We did it. Okay, so that was really good. Uh, I learned a lot from that episode, and I learned a lot of things about Charity Water that I didn't necessarily know before. So, um, I don't really have requests on this show, personal requests, but this is for a really great cause, and I would really implore you to go and check out charity water at a deeper level there's a bunch of giving initiatives that you can do on a monthly basis for you know the cost of a cup of coffee or um some other small thing that you may enjoy every week or day or month or year um so go check out the options that they have to uh be a part of the charity water tribe and to help um a family that's just like yours um so if you just go back to the show notes of this podcast i have there linked all the different uh options that you have to um, become a part of uh charity water and help a incredibly um positive uh force of good in the world Oh,